Hi, my name is Carlyanna, and you are listening to CE Over It. Hello, and welcome to yet another incredibly belated podcast episode. I know I keep saying that, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to go like a week again where we don't record, but life just keeps proving me wrong. (laughs) So I know there's been like three or four weeks where we just haven't had a podcast episode and I sincerely apologize for that. We will get to later about why I've just been absolutely physically unable to record a podcast episode because in this episode, we are going to be doing a year in review. I'm going to be kind of breaking down everything that we've done, all that stuff, and we're going to lead up right to the present and (laughs) why the past month and a half has been such a struggle for us. So you'll understand in a second. I'm not going to bore you guys right now and bore you guys later on. But yeah, that kind of introduces our podcast episode. We are going to be doing, like I said, the year in review. Now, I wanted to do this because I honestly love when other business owners do things like this. I think it's so incredibly helpful to actually understand what went into a profitable year and were there hard months? Were there easy months? Like what led up to it and seeing the timeline of how things happen? Because it's not always linear. And I, and I swear, like I always see on Instagram, like, oh my gosh, our business blew up overnight. Now all of a sudden we're making $400,000 a month. And I just don't ever get that. I don't see how I'm like, hey, wait, did you just randomly blow up? Like, did you do something in the previous months that like helps that? Like, I, I want to know more. And so I thought that I would do that for you guys to show you a little bit about what went behind our business this year. And you know, I always really want to be incredibly transparent with you. I want to show you exactly, okay, this is what we made. This is what our expenses were. This is also how our business affected my personal life. How was I feeling at the time? Because, you know, even though you see like all of these amazing metrics and, oh my gosh, we were so profitable, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but does that matter if your life sucks? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what else was going on at that time that maybe could have affected that or why everything happened the way it did because life is so much more than money my friends so we're going to be diving just further deeper than just the money just the statistics and business decisions and stuff we're going to be showing you the whole behind the scenes overall we had a really really good year like by far our best year we doubled what we did last year We hit goals that I honestly did not think we would hit. We had our first six-figure month. We had a six-figure launch. Those were obviously the same thing. (laughs) We added a bunch to our team. Like we quadrupled our team size. We started doing Facebook ads. We went from a low six-figure business to a half a million dollar business. It was really, really a big year, but there were a lot of hard things too. A lot of hard things. There were months where we were in the negative. There were months where I was just scared to death of different things. There was a lot that went on into it. So here we are. Let's get started into the whole story. Actually, I lied. We're not going to get started right now. We are going to get started into honestly the whole reason why I have this podcast is because I have nobody to talk to about my favorite books and what I'm eating. (laughs) The segment of snacks and tracks. You're new here, and I know if you guys are like Carly, why do you always explain the segment? I don't know if there's new people here. I have no idea, so I'm just gonna explain the segment. This is my favorite books, movies, food, drinks that really get me through the workday. I think most creatives like to listen to music or have like a fun snack by them while we're working, and that that is what I look forward to in the day. So you're gonna be talking <laughs> about it. Okay, let's get into the snacks and tracks. Let's start off first with the book that I've been reading. Now, I know on the CE Over It podcast Instagram page, which if you are not following, you need to go follow right now. I had you guys vote on what the next book I should read after I finished Throne of Glass, which by the way was amazing. I'm still dreaming about it. And (laughs) I think the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo won, but I ended up just not reading any of those for some reason because there was just a few other books that I felt like were book talk classics that I feel like I needed to get under my belt before I started to branch out, spread my wings a little bit, if you will. If you guys are familiar with book talk, if you're on it, there's like five to maybe 10, maybe more, five to maybe 10-ish book series that you hear talked about all 
the time and you see like the book content creators always making TikToks about it and talking about how good it is and all that stuff. And this was one of those series that I was like, you know what? I see it talked about all the time. I just need to read it before we do anything else. And that book series was The Cruel Prince. And I love that series. I don't love it as much as A Court of Thorns and Roses, as much as Throne of Glass series, but I did really, really like it. I would rate it overall four out of five. I mean, I binged the whole series in like mm, four days. It was a really easy read though. The plot was not that complex. The love interest was really easy to follow. The writing wasn't like hard to get into either. It's a very YA book with a minimal amount of spice. Like I think for a YA book, it's got a lot of spice, which is some people are like, oh my gosh, it's so spicy. It's not spicy, especially for a YA book. For a YA book though, it does have spice. Like if I had been reading this when I was 15 or 14, I probably would have peed my pants because of the spice level. <laughs> I was not used to that at that time. But I also grew up in a really conservative home. So I don't know, maybe you're different. You can be the judge of that, but it was really good. Honestly though, the, my favorite part about the book was the love interest, Cardin. <sighs> Cardin, Cardin, Cardin. I don't know why I always gravitate towards the hardcore, badass, mean, cutthroat, I'm gonna kill you in your sleep type of characters. I, I don't know. Like, tell me what I need to be diagnosed with and where I need to go to therapy because that are those are always the characters that I love. That's how Aelin Galathinius is in Throne of Glass. That's how Cardin is. Oh, my heart throbs. My heart throbs for him. But I think that one of the real reasons why I love Cardin in this book is because, you guys, he reminds me of Timothy Chalamet. Not just Timothy Chalamet, but Timothy Chalamet playing... Okay, what's his name? What's his name? In Little Woman, he plays Theodore... Theodore Lawrence. That's not his name. The king goes by Laurie, doesn't he? I haven't watched that movie in a long time. And I know people are like, Carly, oh, gross. You're saying his name wrong. But there's this one particular scene when he's in the ballroom, I guess, I think it's the ballroom, he's like in a dance and he's like being really rude to what's her face, the blonde girl. And he's drinking and he's drunk and he's got girls all over him. <laughs> and <laughs> that reminds me of Cardin. Uh, I'm like not painting him in a good picture, but I, I love Cardin. The main character, I like her, but I don't know. There's just something and I can't even put my finger on it why I don't love her, but it was okay. I think overall though, I thought this book was really interesting because I think it was the first fantasy book that I read where the main two characters, Cardin, and then the other, the female lead, which is Jude, they were like not true villains, but probably the most villainous characters that I've read about. Like they did not always have good intentions. Jude for the first two books, all she wanted was power and she wanted to use Cardin and just trying to get power. And <laughs> that's pretty much it. And Cardin's really selfish and prideful. And they were just not really good people, but they evilly worked together really, really well. So I really liked it. I also didn't really like the world building. The world building was not that great. I don't know. It was just okay. But it is worth the read just for Cardin. Just read it for him. That's all you need to read it for. The plot was, it was good. I don't know. There's a lot of politics and stuff, but Cardin was amazing. So that's what I've been reading. <laughs> Four out of five overall. I liked it. It was good. Now what I have been snacking slash drinking. I'm going to go with a snack this time. So I don't know how I haven't mentioned this before. Like what have I been on? What blinders have been put over my eyes? I, I don't mean to gatekeep gals, but I have accidentally been gatekeeping from you. This snack is one of my go-to favorites. Uh, if you've heard of the brand True Fru, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know what they do to make their food so special, but basically all that they do is they take fruit, strawberries, blueberries, and raspberries, and they cover them in chocolate, they put them in a bag, and they freeze them. That's all it is. But it is so freaking good. So freaking good. And there's probably no real difference between that and like buying a box of frozen or chocolate covered strawberries. Maybe it's just because it's like so accessible. Like I can just go to my Costco and bag buy a bag of frozen chocolate covered strawberry. I mean, not strawberries. I, strawberries are good, but I like the raspberries the best. And I just, I eat all those. I, I will eat a half a bag at a time. Costco had them on sale like three weeks ago and I bought four bags and I'm already like halfway through them. So <laughs> I, it tells you how much I love them. They're so good. So good. I love it. 
So good. You need to go get it. If you have them at like your stores near you, I think you can also order them online. I love Chufu. Okay. Okay, now let's get into the scary part. Let's get into my year and review. Oh, I don't know why I'm a little scared to do this. I am. I don't know. I don't know why, but I am. But we're going to do it anyways. So I'm going to kind of break it down month by month and just talk about what actually happened. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about like what we did overall and all that stuff. So overall, we made 448000 dollars in revenue. Now, we did not take home all of that. And yes, that is a lot of money. That is really good. Like I still look at that number and I'm pretty perplexed that we did that. It feels so unreal. Oh, which I should I should mention too. My November and my these are going off of my current books. My November and my December books are not done. So I don't really know about that. Also, my books need some updating. I know that there's a few mistakes in there. Like I think that they've been taking in my husband's job, like his money that he makes into my revenue, which I mean, it's not much after taxes and insurance and stuff. It's like 23,000 or something. (sighs) Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. Uh, But like that's on there. I don't know if my salary is going into expenses or if they're just like not counting it. I think some of the team expenses are off, like where they've been categorizing things. Anyways, so I'm not sure that this is 100% true. I think the revenue is pretty much mostly like correct, but the expenses and profit, I don't know how correct that they are. Okay, I'll, I'll just preface it with that. So we made about four and a half, not four, yeah, four, $450,000 in revenue. Just still mind blowing. So, so mind blowing. We had about 275,000 of that go to expenses. And I just had to note this because I thought that this was really interesting. And this is something we're going to be working on next year is getting our marketing costs down because 107,000 of that (laughs) expenses went to my marketing, basically just went to Facebook ad. And I absolutely hate that I paid Facebook like $100,000. That makes me want to vomit, makes me want to cut my toes off. I don't like that at all. I'm embarrassed to be, I feel like I'm like related to Mark Zuckerberg now and I'm embarrassed by it. So <laughs> we're working on trying to get that down. And then we had about 172,000 in profit. So again, I don't know how like exact those are, but I mean, pretty all overall, good. We're good. I, I will also say our next highest expense was our team. That I know is way off because it says we only had 34,000 go to team. And I know we had about, we had way more. So yeah, there we go. That's overall what we did. Overall, it was a great year. Again, we hit crazy metrics. Uh, But I will say at the beginning of the year, I started off so overwhelmed. So, so, so overwhelmed. So let's get into the beginning of the year because at the beginning of the year, we were not, right now we're kind of averaging like 400,000 a month in revenue, not in profit. But at the beginning of the month or the beginning of the year, we started off around 17,000 in revenue. And like in January, about half of it would go to expenses, half of it would go to profit. Like every month, like January was like 17,000 in revenue. February was like 14,000. March was 23,000. We started slowly getting up there once we started implementing more Facebook ads, but especially January and February, man, those were some dark, some dark, dark times. And let me tell you why. My husband is in, now he's in the middle of it, but at the beginning he was just starting his master's degree. He works full time. He was in his master's degree and he also has this like church duty or whatever that takes up a lot of his time. Like he's gone all day Sundays and he's gone Tuesday nights and then sometimes Thursday nights as well. So he's gone quite a bit for just that. And with his, with that, and then also with his master's, he would be gone with his master's three nights a week. Like I would be by myself until like eight (laughs) o'clock. And so I was pretty much a single mom like the entire week and I had no childcare. I had one person on my team and I was struggling so hard. Like I just remember there was one night I was sitting by my desk and it was eight o'clock at night. They just put the kids to bed. It took me way longer than I wanted to, to put them to bed. I was exhausted from a day with them. I still had client work that I needed to do. And I just, I just remember, I just wanted to go to bed. And I knew in my head that what I was doing at that point was not sustainable at all. 
And I was so unhappy and I was so just burnt out. But I just remember crying at my desk because I had no idea what to do about it. And it was so, so gut-wrenching. Like, I, I knew I needed to put my kids in childcare or get some kind of help with them. But you have to understand, like, I grew up, my mom worked, and she never, ever had any childcare except for, like, date nights and when she would go on vacations with my dad and stuff. Like, I we didn't have regular childcare. And my mom had four, at one point, she had four kids. No, 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 what was it? Yeah, she had four kids, and the oldest was, like, three. I feel like that's even, it was like, might've been like four kids and the oldest. I was like barely three because I was the oldest. She had me and then my younger brother and then a set of twins. And we were all really, really close in age, like a year and a half apart. And she still had her business. And so I was like, okay, you know what? My mom can do it. Like I can do it. And my husband Lydon, he grew up in a home too, where he never had childcare consistently. Like his parents wouldn't even go on dates. Like he never had a babysitter growing up. I don't even think he went to preschool. Like the first kind of like childcare, anytime he left the home was when he actually went to kindergarten and went to school. And so I knew I needed childcare and I knew that was the right thing, but I mentally just couldn't do it. I felt so much guilt over it, even though I knew I shouldn't. And I knew I could, what I wasn't doing was sustainable, but it was so, so hard. And I know some of you guys are going to like, look at me and be like, because you maybe you grew up like I had people in Europe who messaged me and they're like that's literally just the norm here but it's so not the norm for our, where we live and for the families that my husband and I grew up in and so it was it was really really hard but finally I think what really got me into okay finally deciding I needed childcare, which I didn't get childcare until like May of that year so I had to do like another six months five months of no child care and I don't know why I just did it, put up with that for so long, but I, I slowly started implementing it. I hired my cousin who the kids were really, really familiar with, and they went to her house twice a week. No, I think it was only once a week, actually. It was only once a week, and they were really familiar with her. They had a lot of fun at her house, and so I was like, you know what? That's okay. We can do it, and I felt like I was also helping my cousin make some money, and so it was really awesome, and then once she had to go back to school that's when I finally enrolled them in daycare. And I was like, you know, I feel comfortable enough putting them in a daycare. But yeah, that was hard. It was really, really hard. I was so overwhelmed January and February. See what else was going on in January and February. We had also just signed up for Facebook ads, which was a really, really scary thing. I won't tell you how much we spend on our Facebook ads team, just because I feel like that's going into my Facebook ads team privacy. And I don't want to do that. But it was... It was a lot, like at the time, like probably half of our expenses was going just to the team to do our Facebook ads. That's not even to like actually pay for the Facebook ads just for the team. And so that was a really scary decision too. And I knew it was gonna take like a few months for our Facebook ads to work. And so I was like, I'm just gonna, I felt like I was just literally eating money those first three months. Like I wasn't really getting a lot out of it. I was just like, you know what? In the future, I know I'm going to be grateful for this. I know it's going to benefit my business. But now I just literally have to eat this money and it sucks. And so you'll see like, okay, February, we had like a 14K revenue month. We had like 8,000, almost 9,000 of that profit. Then in March, that's when we kind of got started going up in our revenue. So we had like 23,000 in revenue. We had 23,000 in revenue, but 24,000 of that went to expenses. We actually lost $1,000 of that. And that's because 15,000 of those expenses went to marketing and went to Facebook ads, which again, that's 14,000 more dollars than we had spent the previous month before. And so I uh, just had to sit there and quietly chew on the money and poop it out and just suck it up. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Also in March, we, I can't remember if it was March or April, we had to pay taxes, which was way more than I was expecting. I don't know why it was way more than I was expecting, but we, we ended up paying like $12,000 in taxes. And so that sucked so bad. It wasn't also money I just wasn't planning on. So March and April sucked, 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 sucked. I remember I was talking to my friend Ariel. I was like, I just remember seeing like six figures is like not all that it's cracked up to be. Like we're making money, but I feel like in order to grow, I I have to just eat money and I have to just 
like take no profit and it sucks. Like when am I finally going to be at a point in my business where I can live comfortably and not have to go through a month where I don't have any profit or I have like $3,000 in profit. Do you know what I mean? But looking back now, I'm so grateful that I did go through those stages and I went through the months of just eating money and sucking it up because obviously now we're at months where we're having 40 and 50K months. In July, we had $108,000 profit months. And so it was worth it. I will say that now it was worth it which I'm, I'm just so, so glad that it was. It's so scary when you don't know if it is. It's so scary. Well, let's see what else happened in March. Oh, March was also really hard because we had a lot going on. Like we had the 10K GG retreat. I had like three family big events that month. I got sick with COVID that month. My whole family was sick with COVID. It's another rough month. And if you're like, Carly, wow, it sounds like you suck at running a business. Yeah, the first couple months felt like that for me too. I think we all feel at times that we suck at running our business and we have no idea what we're doing. And those, the first six months of the year, I was like, wow, this is what it's like. Awesome. Cool. I just have to have faith that it's going to be fine. And it was April. Okay. And then April, this is where I think we finally started getting up to like $30,000 a month in revenue, but still not a lot of profit. Like 22,000 of that went to expenses, 9,000 of that went to profit. So we had basic, we were making more money, but basically the same amount of profit. (laughs) So I was like, cool, awesome. Like who cares if I'm making more money if I'm not taking more home? But yeah, this is when I first started getting Facebook ads were starting to work. I was finally getting childcare. I felt like my life was slowly changing. Also I was getting, I got a housekeeper at that time, another life changing move. Oh, Oh my gosh. This year, guys, we got housekeeping. I got laundry services, so I don't have to do laundry again. And we have childcare. I will I will never go back. I will never go back and I will never ever feel guilty again for hiring out my motherly duties. It's so annoying to me that if I, as a, like, oh, let me tell you what was so annoying. Like I've had so many of my bookkeepers you guys are gonna be like, oh, wow, you guys, you need to like fire your bookkeepers. They suck, but they are good. But I will say this, like, I feel like as a woman, I've had to fight for some of the expenses that are going onto my business, like housekeepers, childcare, my laundry services. I really do consider those people a part of my team because I could not do my business without those services. I I really could not. And if any man were to hire out, like, what are their, like, fatherly or husbandly duties, like getting dry cleaning. I don't know. I can't even think of any right now. Like maybe hiring a driver. They don't really have a lot of duties if I'm being totally honest. (laughs) But like anytime like a a guy has to hire out things for his life, like a bookkeeper would never be like, oh, is that really an expense? It's like, yes, Dave, it is really an expense. I promise it is because I, I cannot do this without them because otherwise I would be sucked into so many different things. Anyways, that's a whole nother rant, <laughs> but uh, I will never feel guilty about that again. In fact, I would love to do it more. I would love to have my housekeepers come twice a week instead of once a week. Maybe even have a personal chef one day, like a personal assistant. I want someone like mowing my yard. Actually, my husband really loves mowing the yard, so maybe not. But you know what I mean? Like those household duties that people are like, oh, like you can't hire out your personal life. Yes, you can. You can. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't. You can hire out whatever the freak you want. If you're overwhelmed with it and you have the money, hire it out. Who cares? Okay, rant over. Let's go into June. June, there was not a lot going on. Pretty much the same as April. We were like doing a 30,000 month. Facebook ads were going good, whatever. July. July though. Ho, 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 ho. This was our six figure month. This was the month that probably changed a lot of things in my life. Like I don't want to say it changed my life because that feels like a little dramatic, but it, it changed quite a bit. I I mean, when you have a six figure launch, it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, all my problems are solved. I'm amazing. I don't feel like I made it necessarily. It was really surreal though, to look at my bank account and see $115,000 sitting there. Like what, 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 what? But honestly, I did not feel like it solved all my problems. 
actually, let's not get into that yet. Let's talk about like what actually went into making that six-figure month because it was honestly still crazy to me. So if you don't know, my good friend and I, Ariel, uh, she came on an episode. Actually, I think it was back in July when she came and did an episode with this. She's going to be doing another episode soon with us too, by the way. I, I love Ariel. So we were talking like in May, I think. We had just paid our taxes and this is when we were talking we're like, this is so much money to run a business. Like hiring a team, we know we have to do it. Facebook ads, we know we have to do it, but holy crap is expensive. Like when are we gonna get some profit? And so we were like, you know what? Like we don't really have any launches planned until next fall. Why don't you and I just do a little casual launch together? It'll be really fun. We already have a lot of content created. We don't have to create anything new. We'll just kind of merge our stuff together and it'll be great. And uh, we were not prepared at all for the response and for how well we did with this launch. Like, I'm not even kidding, guys. Like we just, it was like two weeks before the launch and we were like, like that's when we had started creating stuff. And it's not even like we were creating stuff around the clock. Like it was just like, okay, three hours here, three hours there. We just put it together and it was, it was great. But, oh man, this was the craziest launch ever. And I think part of the reason why it did so well is one, it had a lot of hype around this launch. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, we had launched Client Fest. I shouldn't even say what we launched. So we took my program, BMM, which is a thousand dollar program, her coaching program, which I think is normally like $2,500 or $3,500. We sold them together for... $2,000. So you got like, and then plus you got like two other courses as a bonus. So you got like $8,000 worth of courses for $2,000. And it was, it was awesome. So that's what we had did. We did like a webinar with it. We just had a few emails. It was like a week long launch. It was like not anything huge. It was supposed to be super low key. Like our goal was to both to make $50,000 each. So like a six figure launch by itself. I mean, together with both of our incomes because we were splitting the payment, but we ended up actually getting six figures together. I mean, by our, wow, I keep messing up the words. We ended up getting six figures just alone. Like I profited six figures with that and Ariel profited six figures with that. So overall it was like a $200,000, over $200,000 launch, but we both took home like a, a little over a hundred thousand. It was m- mind blowing. So again, let's go into like what I felt like made that month so successful because it was really crazy. It's one, we had a lot of hype. Ariel and I, we have a lot of the same audience and a lot of people who buy her courses, buy my courses. And so I think a lot of people were like excited to see us do something together finally. That was cool. We also like positioned it as like, this is like a once in a lifetime thing. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to do it again because we didn't. We had no idea this was going to work out okay. And even if we were going to do it again, like, would it be the same? We still don't know if it's going to be the same. We are going to do it again, but... We positioned it as a when it's a lifetime thing. And we had, I don't know, just so much value packed into this little program, this client fest experience that it was so hard to say no. I feel like it was a really easy yes for most people, like people who had been sitting on the edge for a really long time with both of our courses. I think this was like the perfect opportunity for them to be like, yep, okay, now I'm going to come in. So it was just insane, guys. I Yeah, from that one launch... We, it was like, a, I think a $220,000 launch. Again, we built a couple hundred thousand. Then that brought in a whole nother slew of problems. I know you're probably thinking like, oh my gosh, I probably solved all your problems. So cool, you made it. No, I had all of a sudden like close to six figures in my bank account. And I was kind of freaking out about it. Like seriously freaking out about it. I had never had that much money in my bank account before, not even close. And all of a sudden I just had six figures sitting there like, I was so freaking nervous about it. I was nervous that I was gonna like accidentally just spend it all somewhere stupid. I was nervous that all of it was gonna go to taxes. I was nervous that I was gonna make a bad investment with it. I was nervous I was never gonna do it again. Like there were so many more anxieties that like popped up once I hit this new level, which I think is really a true testament that money doesn't solve all your problems. Like money just, like once you reach new goals, those core not issues or problems, but those insecurities that maybe haven't totally been solved, they just kind of keep showing up in different ways. And so I was really, really nervous about this. Me and my husband were all of a sudden like, okay, what do we do? And that was my question for honestly a few months. Like, 
what do I do with all this money? Like I didn't really just want it to sit in my bank account, but I also wanted to make sure that I was doing a good job with this. But I mean, nobody ever tells you what to do with this. I, I there's so many programs and stuff out there who are like, here's how you build your course to six figures or how you're to build your business to six figures. But there's absolutely nothing out there about how to go from six figures to a million dollars or what happens when you're at half a million dollars or what happens when you have six figures sitting in your bank account. Like, what do you do then? <laughs> like, I had no idea. And I felt like there was nobody or, I mean, this is such a privileged problem to have, but I was like, what, what do I do? What do I do? And me and Ariel were both kind of freaking out and figuring out what to do. And so we started looking at the, you know, the next few months, like, okay, like we could buy investment properties with it. We could invest in Facebook ads some more and stuff. But I don't know, we started looking at investment properties. And that is something we definitely wanted to do. But okay, I don't know if you guys know this. I think you do. I've talked about the land that we bought quite a few times. But it has been my dream forever to live on the other side of the mountain where we currently are and to live into this beautiful country valley. But it's always been super expensive. Like the land we bought is worth more than the current home. We bought it for more than the current home we live in. And it's just land. But I started seeing, you know, all like homes that were a reasonable price. And we just, sometimes we just drive through that area just because we love the feeling so much. And we just, we just drive through it for fun. And during one of the times we were trying to figure out, okay, you know, where do we want to buy a cabin? Do we want to buy a rental property near us? What do we want to do? And we drove through that area. And I just remember getting this like overwhelming feeling of being like, we need to buy something here. Like we need to live here. And now we have money and we have the possibility that we can. That launch didn't just bring all bad things. Like it also really showed to me like what was possible with an extreme (laughs) amount of effort. Like you guys, we seriously put in like two weeks of effort and it wasn't even bringing up something totally new. It was just doing stuff that we already had. And we had the most insane launch of our lives, the launch that changed our lives. And so it was the first time where I was like, I can build a million dollar business. I 100% can. I have the tools I have everything I need and it's not just the thing that anybody, you know, cause you see like other people doing these crazy things and you're like, yeah, I believe that building a million dollar business is possible, but is it really possible for me? Like you sometimes just don't believe it's in the cards for you. And that was the first time I felt like I really believed that I could. And so at that moment we started actually looking at some properties in that area because I was like, this is happening. Like we can do this. We had the money to put it down. We had the money to sustain a life living on the other side of the valley. And oh my gosh, I mean, it's still a little scary because I like if we don't make any more money right now, like if we just keep our business where it's at right now, we'll be very house poor. Like we'll be able to afford it, but we'll be very house poor. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, like let's, we just have two years to build this house. So in two years, I want to again, double my revenue and double my profit so that we're not so stretched thin. And it's kind of a little risky and a little scary and a little stressful, but I I know I can do it. It's fine. We can do it. I've done it before. I trust in my gut. If the numbers show that I have done this, I can do it before. And I just really believe in my ability to figure things out. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen immediately where I get like a million dollar business or a $2 million business, but I know I will. And I know I can. And I know I'm my best asset in figuring that out. I don't have to rely on Facebook ads. I don't have to rely on coach. I don't have to rely on anything except for myself and my abilities to figure it out. That was a fun little inspirational speech. I don't know how, if you guys, I don't know how that was inspirational, but hopefully it was. So yeah, we started looking at land and then we found our land. And honestly, guys, it was insane how we got the land we should not have gotten the land there was like a cash offer before us that they accepted that ended up falling through so then we got it put up and we yeah we bought the land and we have it now and we decided to make that land over other <laughs> like rental properties Lydon's not 100 percent in agreement but you trust me enough where i'm like yeah no i want to have our dream house before we have other rental properties because i do see this house and this land as almost an investment because it's in such a desirable area. Like I know it's gonna go up quite a few (laughs) dollars, I guess. But also we can build an Airbnb on the property 
because we are, I didn't realize this, but we are literally like down the street from like two different ski resorts and there's a cabin community, like the street above us. And so I think we're in a really desirable place for Airbnb too. And so I was like, okay, this feels like a good investment for us. And it makes me really, really happy. I always want like my expenses and the things that I spend my money on. It's not all about money. Like if it had been all about money, I would have just bought an Airbnb or like a rental property near us. But the reason I have this business is to make my, me and my family happy. And so I'm sorry, I'm not going to be like this bro murky person that's going to like live in a townhouse for the next 15 years just so I can have a big bank account. Like what? who cares? Who cares what your bank account looks like if you're not happy? And so I was like, mm, this feels more worth it to me. So we did that. We also bought a company car as a business expense because... We needed another large business expense to help us not have to pay so much in taxes. That was just another thing I was really, really freaked out about is I was like, oh my gosh, now we're like in another tax bracket and we are all of a sudden making this money. Like I wasn't planning on that for taxes. I'm stressed out. Now we're working with financial advisors, accountants. I had a horrible accountant last year. He was seriously the worst. You guys, like the IRS actually sent me money back because they caught a mistake. And so (laughs) I was like, if the IRS caught a mistake and they sent us $3,000 back, I 100% know that there were so many things that were missed. (laughs) Like, that's just a whole nother level of bad. So anyways, now we're working with a good account and we're like being better at tax planning. But yeah, I was not planning on that beforehand. So yeah, that kind of brings us to, that really brings us to September. Nothing really happened in August and like after all of that. So I don't know, September... This is when we started doing like 40K months was in September, which was awesome. Nothing really to go about that. But in October, October, this is when my life started going to shit again. <laughs> it was October. Ah, you guys ready for some big news? Okay, so October, I don't know what happened this month. I think this is the month maybe that their truck got put on our expenses or whatever. But we had like 34K in profit or 34K in revenue at $199 in profit. So yeah, in October, we didn't profit anything. But again, we have been trying to, okay, what are some expenses we can do? We're trying to spend a lot that month and investing a lot in the business. So it makes sense. But it's not why, that that's not even the reason why October was such a difficult month. Okay, first of all, we had the 10K GG retreat, which wasn't difficult. I love doing the 10K GG retreat. It's honestly really fun for me. It's not stressful. It does take a lot of my energy, but it's a really fun time. Like it feels almost like it feels like a therapy session almost. And like, I just love bonding with the girls so much. It feels so, so, so fun. I I love the retreats, but immediately after that retreat, I got super sick, super, super sick. I was one of the most worst sicknesses of my entire life. I lost my voice. I, I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram, but that was the time when I was like, I could not breathe unless I was my, I had my head over a humidifier. Like unless I was breathing straight steam, I could not breathe. (laughs) It was horrible. I think it was like the adult version of RSV because my kid had RSV and he couldn't breathe very well. And then I got it. And so I don't know if there is an adult version of RSV, but I had the exact same symptoms as him and I just could not breathe. So I was super, super sick. And then, okay, here's the big announcement. Are you guys ready? A few days later, while I was still sick with adult RSV, I guess, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) And I know I probably said that as like, oh, this is a horrible announcement. This is why it's the worst month of my life. It was a really good thing, but you have to know it was not planned at all. And in the midst of me being incredibly sick, I cried. I cried. It was really hard. Like, it's just, it's hard because... I've, my two kids, I have two kids who, one is three and one is like, she's, she's almost two. I honestly feel like I have been pregnant for two years in a row. Like if you guys, again, follow me on Instagram, you saw me in the summer probably post like a TikTok that was like, yay, finally a summer where I'm not pregnant. Like this was the first full year that I would have without being pregnant. And I didn't even get a full year. So it's, it's not even the fact of like, oh my gosh, another kid. It was more the fact of like, oh my freaking heck, I'm, I'm, I have to be pregnant again. 
ah, and I just wasn't ready for it. It was unplanned. It was crazy how it all happened. Like, I don't even get, I will get into the details actually, because why not? None of you guys asked for this, but uh, my birth control plans. So we, just cause it's so, I just have to tell you guys cause it's so crazy. And also I had no idea that this could happen. And so I feel like it's my womanly duty to warn anybody else about this. Okay, so I had an IUD in, a copper IUD, and I still got pregnant because I don't know how many of y'all use menstrual cups, but apparently menstrual cups suck out. They they pull out IUDs. They have that much suction that they will actually pull an IUD out. I had no idea that my IUD was gone. Well, I kind of had an idea. I lied. I kind of had an idea. Back in like June, I was like, I can't, you know, I'm supposed to do like a monthly check. I was like, oh, I can't feel the string. That's weird. But me being the person who doesn't really worry about things like that. And I'm like, it's no big deal. I wasn't worried. I honestly thought like the string had just recoiled like back into whatever it is. <laughs> you know I mean? That's up there. I was like, there's no, like, what are the chances? Because when you get an IUD, they tell you that there's like a 0.001% chance of it like falling out, having complications, getting pregnant. Like it's super rare, right? right? That's what we all thought. No, no, it's, it, the, that's got to be wrong because <laughs> my IUD had fallen out. My husband is a little bit, he has anxiety, so he stresses about those things. So he was like, let's use a condom from now on. And so I was like, cool, we'll use a condom. I was also really lazy and I just wasn't stressed about it. So I didn't go into the OBGYN. We just started using condoms until, I don't know, I just was kind of waiting until I got sick of it and went into the OBGYN. But I remember <laughs> the month before I got pregnant, there was one, there was one month, one day actually, where the condom broke and I, we didn't figure it out until after. And you guys, I'm diving way too deep into this, but I remember I was like, oh, wow, that is kind of scary. And I remember I looked at my watch, <laughs> I looked at the date and uh, just instantly in my head, I was like, oh shit, like, are you freaking kidding me? It was the exact day that I knew I was ovulating. And I only knew that just my schedule is so exact. I, I know the exact day I'm ovulating, the exact day I'm gonna start, the exact day I'm gonna end. So I was just like, shh, like that IUD better be freaking up there because if not, I'm for sure getting pregnant. Like I have a strong history of getting pregnant the very first possible chance. Like I've never gone, been like, okay, let's get pregnant. And then like the next like day I'm pregnant. I am like, I have the opposite of fertility issues. I am like freaking fertile myrtle over here. Lighten looks at me and I get pregnant. And so I was like, okay, please, please IUD be in there. I was like praying to my IUD. <laughs> like singing songs like please IUD be in there and then a few weeks later I found out I'm pregnant so that was really awesome but honestly that wasn't even really the hardest part like a few days later I was like okay cool like we're having another kid like I was even telling Lydon like even though this is an unplanned pregnancy like I do feel the most confident and the best going into this pregnancy that I did beforehand because like I'm not really working that much. We have resources available to us, like childcare, laundry. Like, I think we're going to be fine. It's going to be good. But then I started getting really sick and I've never, I did not mean to make this a whole episode about my pregnancy, but it has affected like the last quarter of my life. I got so sick. I did not get sick with LJ and Elsie's pregnancy, but this pregnancy was so bad. There was the day that I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Back in November, I did a little mini launch of BMM. And the first day that I was supposed to be launching it, I was up all night throwing up. I was in the hospital because I could not stop throwing up. I was so, so, so dehydrated, so sick. And ever since then, really, I've either been constantly throwing up my butt out. Like I just can't stop throwing up or I am drugged half asleep. Like they, the medicine that they literally gave me to help me stop throwing up, it doesn't come in a like nausea help type of box. It literally says sleep aid on the box. So you can imagine that I am just like half drugged or either throwing up so sick and dehydrated and gross. It is just not been fun. This is the first week where I feel like I am not sick or either drugged. I can stop taking my medicine. I still feel a little sick. 
especially if I'm not eating and like not being careful about what I eat. But it's, it's just been rough. So I'm glad I'm finally over the first trimester mostly. I think I'm still going to be pretty food intolerant. Like I, I can't eat chicken and any protein. I just, I just can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. So I think this is by far my roughest pregnancy ever. So that kind of going into 2022 has changed quite a few of our plans. Like we had some goals where I was like, hey, we want to hire a coach. We want to, you know, work less. We want to do all these things. But as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was like, uh, okay, we need to make sure these plans actually happen. So we've started hiring a coach. I've been doing interviews this whole week so that when I give birth in July, I can go on a maternity leave and not have to leave my 10K Gigi gals hanging. We are revamping so many things. We're really systematizing 10K Gigi just because this pregnancy has kicked my butt and I had to launch on the day that I was the absolute sickest and it was horrible. I just wanted to die the whole time. I'm, I decided I'm not doing any launches in 2022, except for I'm gonna be doing client fest again because that was so fun and obviously really good. So, And it was just so easy that I'm like, yeah, I can do that again. So that's the only thing that I'm really going to be launching in 2022. Now my whole goal for 2022 is to get everything on Evergreen. like all my courses, all my coaching programs, get everything to sell it by itself so they never have to launch again. So I can go on maternity leave, which is why I'm like, you know, this pregnancy has actually been really good because I feel like anytime I get pregnant or I have some kind of constraint on my business or my life where I'm like, you know what? I have to go on maternity leave and I have to get my business together so that I can go on a maternity leave and I can do all these things. It's been so good to me because I'm like, I, you know what? I should have hired a coach like six months ago. I really, really should have after looking through the numbers and everything like that. I'm like, I should have done that. And now the only reason I'm doing it is because of my pregnancy. And I don't know how much longer I would have waited, even though it was a goal of mine. So I don't know. I, I just feel really grateful that I actually have these constraints on my life to be able to get my business and things together. It's like the final push that I needed to be like, yeah, you you did need to make this decision a long time ago. And here's the little push that you needed. And so I've been really grateful for that. And we are really excited to have this baby. I think like the more and more we come to terms with them, it's like, yeah, this is going to be fine. Like we do feel the most comfortable going into this pregnancy that we have before. And I'm so excited now. Like I, I don't know, it's just another opportunity for me to like, hey, I got to step into a new role as a CEO. Like there's new things I got to do. It's a little scary. And I, I'm, I am scared. I am really scared, um, but we're going to do it. Especially with this, with the coach and stuff, our payroll is like doubling. I invested in a program, which, oh, I need to talk about too. I invested in another program. That's really expensive though. That's another reason why I'm like, okay, that's a lot of money, but I trust myself that I can do it and I can pay it back. So we invested in a 50, just like a few weeks ago, like a week or two ago, we invested in a $50,000 program, $50,000. And I'm hoping this is not going to turn into another bad investment story like I did on a few podcast episodes ago. But you know what? I So far what I've learned, I'm like, this is paid for my first payment at least already. Like the things that I've learned have been so crazy good and honestly so inspiring. It's been a really, really long time like probably a year and a half, maybe two years since I've invested in a program. And I've been like, wow, this was so worth it. And I've been feeling humbled too. Like it's the first time I feel like in a while I've been humbled and been truly aware of how little I do know and how much more growth that is possible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, finally, like I can see a clear path to how I can scale my business and how I can grow even more. Because before I was like, oh, you just need to higher or you just need to invest in Facebook ads and I'm like okay I'm doing that and I still like we're growing but like is this how it's always gonna be I don't know and so this is the first program that I feel like has like given me hope in a really long time and oh I'm just so grateful for that I haven't felt like the student in a really long time and it is I, I missed it I have truly truly missed feeling like the student it's it's a really inspiring thing to be like wow I, I've learned things. There's a lot of stuff I can do. Like I still have more in this world 
to do. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we're headed in 2022 is we're doing no more launches. I'm really focusing on team. Like a lot of my goals for 2022 are revolving around my team. Uh, like I want to do 401k. I want to, I, I, we're hiring our first full-time employee, which is really scary, but we're, we're also taking our team on a retreat. I want to start profit sharing. Like I want to have my goals expand beyond me. And I feel like once now that we're like at this revenue point, I can start being like, yes, I want to fuel your dreams too. Like I have the resources to do that where you get to live a life that you feel proud of and that fits your values. And it's just so cool. Like money is great and all, but money is really cool when it helps other people. That's when money is awesome. And I feel like this is one of the first times I've seen that my goals and money and stuff go beyond me and are helping other people. I've always kind of seen that, but now that my team is growing bigger, I'm investing heavily heavily into team to the point where it's a little scary, but I know it's going to be fine. I just feel really proud and happy for myself for that. So I think overall though, the year was stressful at the beginning, easy at the end. And then I started getting stressful again because I've just been so sick. But also I do need to give a shout out to my team. While I've been so sick, they've really just taken control and really been awesome. I love my team so, 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 so much. Those are my life lessons that I've learned this month. It's been a crazy good year. Lots of lows, lots of highs. One of the weirdest years in business of my life. Like from going to having like a negative $1,000 month to having a $108,000 month. Weird, (laughs) weird, weird, weird. Um, Next year will hopefully bring a little bit more consistency. Our revenue goal too for next year is to have a million dollar business, like million and a half dollar business. My ultimate goal for our business is to have a two and a half million dollar business. But I think a million... And a million and a half is a little bit more reasonable. I don't know if I want to have such explosive growth like that. That would be a little overwhelming too. So yeah, I'm trying to think if I have like anything else inspiring to say about lessons I learned over the years and how I've grown as a business owner. But the biggest thing that I feel like I've learned is something that you guys have heard me say a million times, which is that if you're going through a season of work and it's it's like the $1,000 where you lose $1,000 a month like I had and you're stressed, you're having to pay taxes and you're like, is this really going to get better? It does. It does. It's coming and I promise the season of reaping will be there and it's so worth it and it's hard, but trusting in yourself is your biggest asset and that knowing you can solve anything because you're a badass CEO even though this podcast is called freaking CEO over it, because we are all CEO over it, <laughs> you can do it because you're freaking amazing. Anyways, I'm going to end the podcast now, but I love you all. I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous Christmas break, holiday break. I hope you are taking a break regardless, and I will see you hopefully next week. Bye. Bye.